weekend. It is a brand new week. It is Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Beautiful Monday here in Brooklyn, New York. Sunny day. A lot of people be outside for lunch today. Hopefully you got your phone with you and you're listening to us on the TuneIn app. Or you can listen to us on KeepItARealSports.com because that is up and running. I'm Ed Easton. A, a great weekend in uh, sports, obviously in the playoffs. You're talking about the NBA playoffs going on as well as the NHL playoffs. And a lot of nail biters, um, a real fun one. And uh, last night, and I'm talking hockey right now, not too far from here at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. The first ever NHL playoff game took place. And I uh, went down to an overtime finish and a big win for the New York Islanders. They go up 2-1 in that series against Florida. Barclay Center was rocking. And, you know, it's funny because I've seen plenty of Brooklyn Nets games. And I can't remember it ever getting as loud as it did for a New York Islanders game. I mean, it was it was insane. I I really enjoyed the atmosphere there. It seems like that ride on the LIRR from uh, the old Nassau Coliseum to Barclays Center didn't bother any of those longtime Islander fans because they came in full force. For last night's game, and it was a 4-3 victory for the Islanders. Came back, they were down 3-1. 3-1 they were down. In the uh, second period, they just got hot, tied it up, sent it to overtime, and they uh, finished it off from there. So it's uh, they're up 2-1 in that series. Game 4 is slated for Wednesday. Tomorrow, there's actually, for the uh, Ranger fans out there, the uh, Rangers play Game 3 of their matchup against the Penguins. And uh, that's going to be a big one. They had a big game from um, Lundqvist. Came back huge. Just huge in that game for the uh, for the Blue Shirts. And it was some, you know, question of whether or not he was going to play because of the eye injury. But the guy uh, really, he let's just say he proved his worth more, more again than he usually does. I mean, the guy had so many shots on goal. And, he, you know, obviously he didn't get to all of them. But the majority that he got to were ridiculous. Some of the saves, so... Even a one in a breakaway against Crosby. City Crosby, as good as it gets. And he just shut him down. So it looks good for the New York teams right now in uh, hockey. Uh, a couple of upsets that are really brewing right now. You talk about San Jose up 2 nothing in the series against the Kings. A lot of people expected the Kings to go far, possibly even make the uh, Stanley Cup finals again. So very interesting situation there. The uh, Chicago Blackhawks facing a 2-1 deficit to the St. Louis Blues, which a lot of people did not expect as well. Uh, like I said, Patrick Kane's been kind of kept in check. And they always say the playoffs are more of a grinded-out pace when it comes to hockey. It's definitely proven it there because not many free opportunities for him to do anything with the puck. So interesting, interesting situation going on with the Blues and the uh, Blackhawks. Uh, the other matchups, uh, Washington's taking care of Philadelphia. That was kind of expected. You got Anaheim and um, Anaheim in their matchup right now. They're, I think they're leading in that series. I'm going to just double check. But uh, you also have... Oh, I almost forgot to bring this up. This was something I actually meant to bring up. This is Nashville and Anaheim I'm talking about. The uh, Predators have a 2-0 lead in that series, which is very interesting because the Predators are... You know, they're not, they, they kind of were that team that's on the rise, but you know, you talk about the Anaheim Ducks, a very physical team, just getting the job done on, you know, 
I, I'm surprised on the road. There is no such thing as a home ice advantage. But uh, for the Red Wings, because this is their last go around here in Joe Lewis Arena, they got a crucial win last night. Staying alive, because uh, they were they were kind of against the ropes against Tampa Bay. They got a good win at home to make sure the people know they're, they're still around. So huge win for them. And uh, I'm trying to think, do I forget any other series? Just case they, uh, yeah, I did forget one. The Dallas Stars and Atlanta, but I mean, Minnesota. Dallas is going to take that one. They're up 2-0. They play again tonight. So Minnesota is just not a good team. Uh, let's put it in perspective. They got in, you know, this is their best chance of winning. If they want to win, they have to win tonight. This is their home game. So see how that goes. But I'll uh, say if they were watching Philadelphia, must win for Philadelphia. And a must win for the LA Kings are on the road against San Jose. So that should be a lot of fun for everybody watching those games tonight in the NHL. Now then. For the NBA, I don't know if a lot of people realize, but the playoffs started this past Saturday. I got to be honest with you guys. I mean, for the exception of maybe one or two games, it really wasn't anything close. It's nothing but blowouts. I mean, the Western Conference, all the top seeds pretty much did what they're supposed to do. The Mavericks got destroyed. The Rockets got destroyed. The Grizzlies got destroyed, and is it sad that a 20-point loss is actually the better margin of victory? Like, it's it's funny because they lost by 20 to Portland Trailblazers last night against the uh, LA Clippers, and they're considered that was considered a better effort than the other teams did. The numbers were outrageous. I mean, it's the playoffs. You guys can't be getting blown out like this in the playoffs. Let's put it in perspective. I understand these are good teams, but. I've never seen that before. After game one. Eastern Conference, you had the upset, you know, Toronto doing what Toronto does best. They choke away home court advantage. What's the point of being a number two seed if you're just going to lose all the time? They dropped this one against the Indiana Pacers and Paul George. You know, it's good to see him back and just everything he's doing with that. I'm going to get to every series pretty detailed. I actually get to listen to a lot of the post-game on press conferences from uh, the last two days. One of the biggest stories over the weekend had to be with Steph Curry and his ankle because he rolled his ankle a little bit and he wasn't looking too good when he came back out of halftime. You know, Steve Kerr forced him out of the game. He may not play, you know, tonight. It's a good chance he won't. And they really don't need him against Houston. I mean, that's that's just the, the reality of the situation. They don't need him. Houston has been a, a struggling team. They still don't know who they are after all this time. I don't think they're going to worry about that. I just feel like it's it's just one of those things where they got to they gotta pick up the pieces and uh, try to make things work. That's basically the best way you have to look at it. If you're a, uh, if you're a fan of the Houston Rockets, the fact that you made the playoffs, you got to be okay about but you know this team isn't good this team is not good enough they didn't deserve this playoff spot they're uh, in there based off of circumstance because of Utah pretty much just choking it away or Jordan speefing it away so it's it's that type of uh, situation regarding them I I don't expect Houston to get swept because of the Steph Curry injury only because of the Steph Curry injury I think they'll win one game at home and that's about it I think they're done in five without Steph Curry 
But like I said, we're gonna go through each series. We're gonna hear like, you know, post-game pressers and just different things that people were uh, saying about the games. Cause I, I thought the one that, that really caught me by surprise the most was the, uh, the, the Cleveland and Detroit game and how Reggie Jackson turned the hero ball really quick. And I guess he realized there's no Kevin Durant or uh, Russell Westbrook behind him. Cause he struggled, man. He struggled at the end of that game. They couldn't close it out. I mean, they had the lead going into the fourth. They even got a nice little cushion to start off that first minute. They hit a couple of shots. I'm just really surprised the way they fell apart there. It's it's a tough one. And for the for a team like Detroit that needed to get a big win and they had to jump with a team because Cleveland, let's be honest, Cleveland has not been dominating anybody they just have it so you got a team that's very beatable you got him up against the ropes you gotta put him away and that's kind of where you needed reggie jackson to be you know keep his head and and just know what was going on in regards to the situation it was a uh, very very disturbing the fact that he couldn't he couldn't get the job done So what happens now if you're the uh, <laughs> if you're the if you're the team? I I really don't know. I mean, I feel like they have to make a lot of adjustments because you know LeBron's not going to have the type of game he had this last game. It's it's just going to be a lot to do. But hey, who knows? Stranger things have happened. So I'm not going to kill them for it. But like I said, stranger things have happened. And uh, we shall see. Once again, that number 516-900-2278. Going to have Will Reeve checking in the second hour of the show. He is a writer for About.com. Talks about the uh, Indiana Indianapolis Colts. He actually had a, uh, a mock draft that he set up of his top five uh, people taken for the Colts. So he's going to go through that list. Uh, he also is going to go through um, just his uh, overall thoughts on the team and what, what's going to happen with Andrew Luck and the deals made in the division. Because let's be honest, there's been a lot of moves made with the Texans, with the with the Jaguars, who are going to be supposedly a lot better. So the Titans obviously trading the number one pick. Their thoughts with that, picking up DeMarco Murray. We'll talk to him about all of that in the second hour of the show. But uh, I did mention earlier about the NHL playoffs and just the Islanders and Panthers and how crazy that overtime goal was. I want to let you guys hear a little bit of it on our way out. And uh, we're going to go to a break. So uh, just check this out. This is the Islanders and Panthers from last night. This is the game-winning goal. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton. Once again, numbers 516-900-2278 here on Soundcast FM. Sends it deep. Nelson in behind the net, tied up. Kuhlman in support, comes up with it. Now the Islanders will try and apply the pressure. Kuhlman up high, through to the net, off of the glove of Luongo, but a rebound was loose momentarily in front. That deflected on the way in. And now another center pass. Nicky scores! The Islanders win on an overtime goal by Thomas. 
first ever Stanley Cup playoff goal. And what he'll never forget, Thomas Hickey, overtime hero. He's got a knack in overtime. His ability to read the play, the pressure down low by the Islanders. Florida has it, loses it, and everybody forgets about Hickey. Remember, we talked about Hickey against Yager in front of the net. That time's Yager missed Hickey coming in from the point. He let Hickey sneak behind him. The pass comes to him and he wasted no time at all. There it is again. Hickey with the quick release.
And we're back, Sports Social with Ed Easton. Once again, 516-900-2278. A little throwback right there, MC Light. Got to get a rough neck. Wow, that's a different time there in the 90s. I always have a, I tell you, I have a, I'm a fan of like early 90s hip hop, late 80s. Just felt like the music was so much better. But, uh, you know, once again, I'm a, everybody has their opinions. So that's the type of songs I'm going to play. I always like to play some of those classic 80s, 70s joints. So you'll see that or hear that, I should say, on the show. If it's your first time listening. Now, like I said, the NBA playoffs did tip off this weekend, even though I feel like a lot of teams forgot that the playoffs started with all the blowouts, of course. But I'm going to like focus on this one game, the uh, Golden State Warriors, Houston Rockets. It got a little, uh, a little chippy at one point. You're talking about Patrick Beverly making sure that he let his presence be known against Steph Curry, whether you're trying to rough him up a little bit or scare him. That's, that's for everybody's interpretation. I mean, let's be honest. I don't know if Patrick Beverly could really fight, but he wanted to get in Steph Curry's face, make him uncomfortable, which I completely understand. That's a part of the game. You got a star player like that who's the unanimous MVP. You got to make sure he's a little uncomfortable. The, the Pistons did that for years with Michael Jordan. That's a part of the game. I have no problem with it. Only if you could stop the guy, I, I don't have a problem. I mean, let's be honest. If Patrick Beverly was scoring 20 points a game, he's not going to be doing that. Let's be, he's not. You're not going to see Chris Paul trying to throw Damian Lillard to the ground because he know he can face face up one-on-one with Damian Lillard as he showed in this in the series so far. But uh, it's funny to me because... He was having such a field day, Steph Curry. And it's it's just some of the stuff that he was doing. He scored 24 points. He, he didn't play the whole second half, really. He only played three minutes in the second half because of the ankle injury. But uh, this is just a, a little taste of what he was doing, not yesterday, but on Saturday afternoon to the Houston Rockets. You're at Oracle. Curry for three. Andre Iguodala, one of the best six men in the league, also in the game. Curry, open look. Shot blocked by Green, but kept alive. Beasley now with eight to shoot. Beasley. Pass inside, off the tips, fingertips of Smith. Curry, long three. Don't use it against those guys in comparison to how great Curry and Thompson are. Well, you make a great point. They're so good offensively that you got to try to find ways to get them out of rhythm. Curry drives, left-handed. Sweet. John Livingston coming off one of his best regular seasons. Curry gets inside, reverse, banks it in. I'm going to sit with some foul trouble. Curry, quick release, got it! A two-hander. Iguodala, back to Curry, layup off the glass! Curry, 7 of 11 from the field, 21 points. 
Curry throws it back up top. Sets for another three. Puts it in. That basically lets you know the type of day Steph Curry was having against the Houston Rockets before. This is all in the first half, mind you. Like, it, it was ridiculous. I mean, the injury was such a weird thing because it's like he just stepped off a little bit. He started favoring the ankle. And if anybody knows anything about Steph Curry, he's had a history of ankle injuries. So you got to understand why Steve Kerr is dealing with like extreme caution when it comes to Curry and just making sure he's ready for the title run. That's what it's all about. They could deal with the Houston Rockets in the first round without him. I think Sean Livingston is more than capable than with handling the team while Steph Curry's recuperating. So it was one of those situations where they were just, they, they were embarrassing the Houston Rockets. I mean, there's no other way to really look at it. They were embarrassing him the whole time. The whole time they were being embarrassed out there. Uh, I tried to to find something with the Rockets and just what they would do, but let's be honest, they're, they're not they're done. That's it. Golden State, you know, obviously had a lot to say after the game. This was a. Uh, Steve Kerr and some of the players, including Steph Curry, with their thoughts on the win in Game 1. Was the nature of Curry's injury such that you would not have played him even if the Rockets had made a deeper run at you in the second half? Yes. I, I didn't like the way he was moving when he went back out uh, for the third quarter. He wanted to stay in, but he wasn't moving well, so we weren't going to play him regardless of what happened. I guess a two-parter, uh, what's his status then going forward? And in addition, on that little skirmish he had with Beverly early on, did, uh, did you mind that? Did you object to what Beverly did? So that's a two-parter. I didn't see. Um, I mean, I, I wasn't really locked in on the exchange, so I, and obviously haven't seen the replay, so I don't really know what happened. Um, but that's to be expected. Um, it's playoffs. Both guys are competitive um, you know, Beverly's a good defender, and that's what he does. He tries to get under your skin, and he's just doing his job. But I haven't seen the play. Um, as far as Monday, I would just say Steph is questionable. So we'll see how, uh, how he, see how he responds the next couple of days, and we'll go from there. I thought our defense was excellent. Um, we didn't reach. Uh, we made them earn every point, and uh, we did have the brief spell. When Steph went out, where we sort of lost our focus, lost our poise a little bit, but we quickly recovered, and a lot of guys played very well. But no, it was a good, good, solid victory. Right now, uh, don't see a scenario where I'll be out. Obviously, if, uh, if it's not right, and I'm at you know risk of further injury or or whatnot, that's the only thing that. Um, I think we have to worry about. I just try to t change direction, miss the shot, and try to get back on defense. And on that plant step, kind of slid a little bit and felt it flip, a, you know, or tweak. And that's where the pain kind of came in. I was able to go a couple more possessions, and then um, it started to get a little bit worse. So coach kind of saw that and, and subbed dot in. And, and in the second half, I felt like I could go out there and be somewhat effective on the court and you know was painful but to me was anything that was going to keep me out and coach made a decision uh, regardless of what I had to say to 
you know, sit me out. Obviously, we had a nice lead to, to work with, which was which was helpful. Um, but I, the competitor, I was, I was ready to go back in and give him what I had. And... Um, I think we defended well, you know, to start the game off. Um, you know, when you come out and well, I was surprised by that they didn't go into Dwight earlier in the game. I think the first six minutes he probably didn't get a touch. And, um, you know, the big fella was ready for his post-touches, but, you know, he didn't get many of them to start the game off. Um, but our defense was very sound. Our guys were flying around. You know, uh, James drives to the holes. Everybody was, you know, helping out and, you know, not fouling. So that was key for us, and I think our defense played a huge part in that. <laughs> Anytime, you know, a player like Steph goes down, I think you it's it's human nature to feel the need to try to do everything yourself. But I think uh, you know, our, our slogan is strength in numbers and we have to rely on our whole team. Um, it's not just one guy. I come in, my you know, my job and my role is to be solid and you know, to to get good shots for you know, for our team while I'm out there. How do you go a whole game and hold uh, James Harden without a free throw attempt? Yeah, I'm just saying that it's, you know, I think that's a, you got to give credit to the coaching staff and then uh, the discipline, uh, starting with Clay and Andre. You know, they spend the most time on him um, and everybody else to a man. Draymond, you know, Bogues, uh, when he's coming through the lane, it's, it's, it's hard. He's showing you the candy, showing you the ball, um, you know, and it's, it's easy to, you know, want to reach in. And he's the best that we have in our league at getting to the free throw line. So. You know, just trying to stick to the game plan, remain disciplined, um, make them hit tough shots. So. That was the Golden State Warriors giving their take on their big win against the Houston Rockets in game one. So Steve Kerr, obviously you heard that he said they're going to take it, you know, take a lot of precaution, which they should. And he's questionable. I doubt he plays tonight, but we'll see. I, I just... Stranger things have happened, but I just don't see the point in playing them tonight. There's there's really no point. I think Golden State will take care of business. The fear of injury is is larger, in my opinion, going forward. So it's just not worth it if you're uh, Steve Kerr. He's pretty good at pushing the right buttons at the right time. So I'm not worried about Steve Kerr and his uh, judgment in regards to substitutions. Uh, he's proven that, obviously, in the finals. Remember the whole situation with benching, on, well, starting Andre Iguodala by surprise kind of changed that whole series around. So I'm not too worried about his uh, movements in regards to that. Another series which caught me by surprise was the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder and the Dallas Mavericks. I expected the Mavericks to give a better fight than what they showed. Maybe it's me not understanding that these are two of the top five best players in the NBA on the same team, but it's just ridiculous how they they just took over. They took over that entire game. I don't, you know, I really don't know what Dallas was thinking going into it, but losing by 38 points in game one, granted only one game, it's embarrassing. When I kept looking at the score, 108 to 70, my goodness. That just it doesn't get any worse than that if you're a uh, Dallas Mavericks fan. It just doesn't. I don't know what you could take from that. And 
me personally, I was I was very curious to hear the thoughts of um, just some of the players, obviously Dirk Nowitzki being one of them, on how do you get blown out in a game like that. This was also a game from Saturday night. It just, it, it was ridiculous. But, you know, it's one of those games that they're going to have to grow from, and, and we'll see how it goes. Like, it was one of those... You wish it was a mercy rule type of games. Dallas was never in it, and uh, they make it quite quite known in their uh, post game presser. And uh, just check this out. I've got to get these guys better prepared to play. That's pretty clear. Um, yeah, we had some struggles early, uh, but you know we were not the team that we've been in the past two and a half weeks. And uh, I take a great deal of responsibility for that. So. Got to do a better job getting them ready for game two. Well, we were playing veterans. Uh, we played pre- veterans predominantly in the Utah game, which was the biggest game of the year. And um, he's obviously going to be more involved going forward. I like the way he finished the game. And, um, you know, it's a situation now where it's, you know, we got we to gotta get as many healthy bodies available. If you shoot, what, 20-some percent, uh, and they shoot close to 50. I think there's a lot more rebounds to get, obviously, on, on their end. But still, we should have gotten a couple more defensive rebounds, especially there in the, in the first half. Uh, there were multiple pos- uh, possessions where they got numerous offensive rebounds and got a couple cracks at it. So that's something, you know, we just got to have five guys in there battling. I think, obviously, their front line is is bigger and more athletic and uh, we, we have we got to have everybody in there battling and, and secure the rebound just uh, got to show pride uh, we obviously got uh, got embarrassed tonight uh, couldn't really get anything going on on the offensive end and uh, it seemed like um, that took our energy a little bit on uh, on both ends uh, um, and we, we just couldn't get any stops there for for a while either. So at least when your offense not going, you got to get back. You got to buckle down. You got to get some rebounds, and uh, we we didn't do either. So yeah, I mean we'll look at some stuff tomorrow where we can improve a little bit. Um, but you got to want it more. You got to uh, you got to compete. Uh, you got to play hard. Whoever you know, we obviously got some guys banged up, but whoever is out there is, is going to give it. Uh, Got to play better and play harder. Well, I thought we had some good looks. I mean, I can at least remember five, six wide open looks where there was nobody around us, and we we just uh, I was a little lit today on on the basket on on our side, and um, that's uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, but you know, uh, we got to keep stepping into it. You know, they're obviously very athletic and they they close distance very quick on on defense, so. We got to shoot if there's where if there's an open shot early in the clock we got to take it because there might not be a better one down the, down uh, when it gets to under five six seconds on the shot clock so you know we got to step into the good shots they were there and I thought we we had some in in the first half and uh, we just didn't knock them down we had a couple floaters JJ got in the lane a couple times for the first quarter I think Ray had numerous. Uh, a couple floaters in there that, that we usually make, and it's just like I said, it, it kind of piled up on us. Uh, didn't make shots and uh, couldn't get any steep, uh, rebounds and, and stops. So that was Dirk Nowitzki. You heard Rick Carlisle earlier from the Dallas Mavericks just giving their thoughts on what went wrong in that game. Because, like I said, they were never in it. 
it was embarrassing. It was never a situation where you felt like Dallas could jump back in. Oklahoma City jumped on them early and often. That's what they're supposed to do as the home team, as the higher seed. And they uh, embarrassed a, a veteran team like the Dallas Mavericks. So I don't expect them to get blown out again in the second game. But uh, we should see. That's also on tap for tonight. Game two between Oklahoma City and Dallas. So should be very interesting. That's the 8 o'clock game. Definitely worth checking out. Now, the last game that I do want to at least bring mention to, it, it was a... Uh, it's just I don't understand what's going on with Toronto. It's they they're so good during the regular season, but when we get to the playoffs, it's a it's a totally different team. There's so much confusion, so much you know a, I don't know if it's accountability or what, but nobody seems to have an answer for what goes wrong when it comes to the Toronto Raptors in these games. But one thing I do know is that. The, the situation with um, Paul George and his his knee and, you know, obviously the way he's come back. You got to give the guy a lot of credit. He put on a show in, in that game. He had 33 points. And it's, it's just a testament of like a guy's his effort, wanting to get back out there, wanting to make sure he was still amongst the elite players in the NBA and not just become another guy. It's definitely worth listening to. This is some of the highlights from Saturday's action in terms of Paul George and his highlights against the uh, Toronto Raptors in Game 1. Greg, top of the chain, go down the list. Steve Kerr. Paul George knocks down his first field goal. Up to Stucky, blocked by Patterson. Oh, he sent it the other way and kept it in bounds, but George took it back and scores the bucket. Paul George looking like his old self there. In your career, you're older. Nice feed inside to Allen from Paul George for the layup. Allen Shunas keeping him off the boards. George looking for the contact, made the bucket anyway. And you'll see Detroit against Cleveland tomorrow on ABC. Stan Van Gundy, the coach of the Pistons, as George knocks down the baseline jumper, says, he told me you can't beat Golden State by playing like Golden State. We're in this together. And they better make sure they're in this together over this final 15. Well, George starting to heat up. Very Vince Light. Yes. <laughs> George with the steal. And he slams it home. A 16-point third quarter for Paul George. At 17 in that hot third quarter. Forced to pass to Stuckey, and he drills the three ball. Defense! Defense! George for three, launches, got it! Wet, Paul George for the Raptors. Here's Paul George again. Biombo with good help defense, didn't matter. And you have to be willing to be this guy right now if you're Paul George. A little showdown here against Amari DeCarroll, their elite defender. And George put him on ice. Deep freeze, an eight-point Pacer lead. Executive playoff game dating back a couple of playoff seasons. George from the baseline. Got it! I mean, that's Paul George. That's vintage Paul George right there. The guy, like I said, fresh off of the injury that he went through and how serious it was. Not too long ago. I mean, you talk about maybe less than two years ago that injury took place. He drops 33 in his first playoff game. It's it's incredible. 
I mean, now we can, once again, do we talk about it being Paul George being hot and the Pacers being a great team? Because I don't think the Pacers are a great team this year. Or is it, once again, the Raptors falling apart in the clutch? That, to me, is the main question. And I was the only one that had those questions because this is what the Raptors themselves had to say during that post-game presser. We had plenty of opportunities. They had... Uh... DeMar had 19 shots and Kyle had 13. Uh, I don't think they're going to shoot like that um, again. Uh, the, but the key thing, like you said, is the turnovers. Turnovers shot us ourselves in the foot, the light, the soft passes, not really setting solid screens, uh, not running, uh, playing physical offense to get open. Those things that broke our back as far as breaking our rhythm uh, offensively. Uh, Dwayne, you, you know, Jonas got into foul trouble and you couldn't use him as much as you probably would have liked to. Yes. But did you uh, did you like what he brought? No in the question. I, I thought along with that, Jonas being in foul trouble really because he had it going. I thought him well, had 11 offensive boards, um, you know, didn't get to utilize him as much. Um, it allowed them to do some things that uh, was they were able to help more on Kyle and DeMar off of off of biz. So, again, hopefully he won't get in foul trouble again. Uh, some of them were cheap fouls, you know, wrestling match. He's got to show his hands to the officials and not allow them to, to put, don't, don't even put yourself in that position to get those cheap fouls. Dwayne, it seems like you were kind of searching uh, over here Ryan with 10 guys now with Damari back and everything. It mm -hmm. seemed like you were kind of searching around to, to find something. I mean, how tough is it? No, now I was to... searching to find somebody to stop Paul George. That's, that's what we were searching for. I thought our normal rotation Again, it was a little skewed, as you said, just with adding that extra player in there. But at the end, it was kind of searching for someone to stop Paul George. They use their physicality. Um, you know, they, they push us off spots. And um, uh, they, when, they, when they got uh, baskets, we, it was hard for us to get in transition and, and, and to get going. Um, but, you know, we, we got some shots and some looks. And, I mean, I shot 3 for 13, DeMar 5 for 19, JV 4 for 14. We didn't play well, you know, but... We're positive. You know, we got some looks that we liked and um, I think uh, some looks that we know we can make. You know, we understand we just had a bad game. We shot 38%, turned the ball over. We missed 12 free throws. You know, take that away. You know, we're we, we right there. You know, we got to play better as, as being the leaders of the team. And, you know, with that, protect the ball. You know, it's nothing to worry about at all. We understand they was going to come out, you know, play aggressive, you know, we beat them three times during the regular season. You know, um, understanding it was a home home game for us, so they took advantage of it. They got hot in the second half. You know, I'm pretty sure we we're not going to shoot 38 percent again. We're not going to turn the ball over 19 19 times. So with that, you know, we'll be just fine. How do you separate kind of what's happened in the playoffs the last little while with what you got to do on Monday night? <laughs> it's different, man. <laughs> The last whatever times, that's different. You know, different team, different moments. You know, um, we're not panicking. We understand. We just played bad. You know, we played we played terrible at home, and, and we understand. Now we got to go on the road and get one. We play extremely well on the road. You know, we just got to take care of home on Monday. You know, we we didn't tell ourselves we was going to go out here and go 4-0. You know, it's not going to be that easy. We understand it's going to be a challenge, and, you know, we just got to get Monday. That was uh, DeMar DeRozan, him and Kyle Lowry, obviously talking about the situation. It's funny how they went right to the stats. They knew exactly how bad they played, so they uh, did a lot of the job for me. I didn't have to actually break down their field goal percentage.
But 38%, that's uh, not going to get it done. Obviously, the home team, you don't want to give up home court advantage, and that's what happens when a team from, you know, the road team takes one or two, and that's usually the goal if you're a road team. Take a split, and if you get lucky, you get both games. But they, uh, the, the, the Pacers have done their job. They've taken home court advantage away, and we're going to see what happens. We're going to go to game two. That's also tonight. The, these are the three games. So very interesting uh, game. That game's going to be on NBA TV. It's not going to be on uh, TNT. So if you have NBA TV, which I think most people should have, you can catch that game. That'll be the Pacers and the Raptors. Uh, what we're going to do now is uh, take a quick break. And once again, we'll take your phone calls, 516-900-2278. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. Me, I'm super fly, When the rain hits my window, I take it, me some... Me and Timberland, we sang a jangle. We so tight that you get our styles tangled. Sway your dosey dough like you loco. Can we get kicked night like Coco? So so, you wanna play with my yo yo? I smoke my on the D low. I can't stand her. I can't stand her. 
Sports Social at Easton. Once again, 516-900-2278. Still talking NBA playoffs. We're going to talk about actual day two, which was yesterday's games. And uh, one of the games that I do want to point out, obviously the number one versus number eight matchup in the East. That was the Cleveland Cavaliers taking on the Detroit Pistons. And it was one of those games that, you know, you expect the number one seed to at least show some type of strength. And what they did show, in my opinion, was a lot of resolve just dealing with a lot of the uh, the the aggression, and I felt like a lot of physical play from Detroit. Detroit was definitely executing with all their players off the bench. Uh, you saw a lot of flaws in uh, a lot of Cleveland's bench play, but the uh, big three really stepped up big, and one of those big three happened to be uh, Mr. Kevin Love. So just take a listen to uh, some of the stuff that Kevin Love put together in his time out there on the floor. He put in 28 points, 28 points, 13 rebounds, a much-needed effort for a guy who, let's be honest, has been catching all types of controversy within this big three and this offense. Get it? Morris tips it the right to Thompson. James to love for three. Pope is on Irving. Five to shoot. Love. And Love able to get it going. He had a fine April. Love gets inside, foul, count it, and on. Love. He's been attacking a lot more. Spins, gets inside, can't finish, but the tip in is good. An aggressive Kevin Love is in double figures. Talk about relentless rebounders, Thompson and Drummond. Harris, good initial defense, but Love sticks with it. And Kevin Love now with 14 points. James. Double out to love. Three-pointer. Got it. Long three-pointer. Comes all the way back out to love. Love drives and finishes. 20 for love. This man in the history of the game. I remember even like last year during the finals, he averaged about nine assists a game. As love continues his excellent offensive outing. He's got 22. This profession has always been so much fun to watch. Love kicks it out to Jefferson. And Jefferson hits a three-pointer. Big bucket there for the Cavs. Kevin Love for three. Ball knocked loose. Love shuffles it out. James on the drive. Back to Love. Bang! That was vintage Kevin Love. That's Minnesota Timberwolf Kevin Love right there in a Cavaliers uniform. Finally showed up. The guy was... Pretty much untouch, untouchable beyond the arc. Made the nice quick passes, as you heard the pass to our Richard Jefferson late in that game. It, it was just such a huge, huge help to that team. And, uh, you know, obviously he had a chance to uh, discuss that with the media. And uh, this is what he had to say, along with LeBron and Kyrie. 
Well, our main objective in this series is to be aggressive and attack. Right, we don't want to bail them out with jump shots. We want to attack, get downhill, get to the paint, and then we can kick out for threes. And I thought, you know, like you said, the big three did a phenomenal job of doing that. I thought, you know, Kevin set the tone early, posting up, you know, in the paint, getting deep, getting a couple of fouls on their on their four man, and um, it all, you know, it all started from there. Um, I just thought Kyrie, you know, he was aggressive. He missed some shots early. You know, you know, he started to hang his head. I just said, hey, listen, stay with it, be aggressive. And um, you scored a basketball for us. And I thought early in that third quarter, I thought LeBron did a good job of getting him going, coming off the double screens. LeBron made a couple of great passes to him, even in transition. I think we got a steal, and we got out, and he hit Kyrie for another three. And, um, you know, Kyrie's defense tonight, you know, I thought he, you know, competed. You know, like you said, coming up with a big block, you know, down the stretch, one that we needed. And um, if we continue to play that way, play physical, being aggressive, you know, I like our chances. Well, if you remember last year, I mean, I thought Kevin and Kyrie were phenomenal in the first round against Boston, you know, before, you know, Kevin got hurt and before Kyrie got hurt. But, you know, they played last year like they've been there, you know, a numerous amount of times. And like tonight, you know, coming in and playing a game that they played in our big three was phenomenal. And, um, you know, I just don't, <laughs> I just can't describe, you know, how they came in, you know, first game, like you said, after being out last year. You know, missing the finals, Kyrie played one game, and to come back and have this kind of game is, is big for us. Uh, we felt that, you know, we could be aggressive in, in, in playing that 1-5 pick and roll. So, you know, they dropped back on the first one. I was able to, to hit an open three. Kyrie found me, and the next one I pumped fake and drove to the basket. I lost it. It was either Tobias or, or Drummond who knocked it away. I was able to save it to Swish in the corner. Um, you know, kept in motion, kept moving. Uh, Braun made a great play, rip right kicked it out to me for a big three. So uh, my mentality was just to be aggressive all night. Uh, you know, I credit these guys, I credit the guys on the bench, the coaching staff for keeping me locked in throughout. And we have to do that this entire series. You know, can echo what Kev said, just being really, really ultra aggressive. Um, you know, our third quarters haven't been the best this season, but coming to the playoffs, we know that possessions really matter. And, um, you know, guys just did a great job of just setting screens, coming out in the second half. and. You know, it's picking up the tempo a little bit. Whether it has to be forced or not, it just uh, has to be applied. And, and for me as a point guard, um, you know, sometimes I either take it upon myself or, or come into a one-three pick and roll with Brian, anything to get our guys going coming out of halftime so they get open looks and we feel good going into the fourth. I've been fortunate to play with two great organizations, um, obviously here and also Miami, as we've prepared ourselves the best way we can. Um, going on to a playoff series, no matter the opponent, and I've been fortunate I've been able to get to the second round uh, every single time I've been in the postseason. Um, as far as our opponent that we have in front of us now, it's a very well-coached, uh, very well-driven uh, team that's very hungry and want to make a statement. Um, so um, I have to even prepare myself even more for not only for myself but for my teammates and being a part of this moment. And um, as well as they played tonight, we have to assume that they will even play better in game two on Wednesday. And we have to understand that going into the next game, and we have to play much better, um, knowing that if they get one game on our floor, then they're going to feel like it was a win-win for them. So um, we have a couple more days to, to, to prepare, uh, get our minds, get our bodies fresh for Wednesday, and, um, and we see what happens. Very interesting words there from the King, LeBron James, as the team uh, still, like I said, big win for them. They uh they did a lot of great things on the floor. Obviously, we talked about with uh, Kevin Love. Um, Kyrie Irving had 31 points as well. But uh, I just focused on Love just because of the fact that he's he's caught so much heat. You know, for so long he's caught so much heat. And uh, a guy that's catching heat also is um 
Reggie Jackson, you know, he he was he fell apart a little bit at the end of that game. Stan Van Gundy uh, spoke on it with the media, and I just thought this was interesting what they had to say in regards to yesterday's loss. Well, look, I mean, there's there's positive things in every game, um, but the first thing that comes to my mind is things that I could have done differently to give us a better chance to win the game, and uh, then we go back to work analyzing the game to see what adjustments we can make for Wednesday night. So you're in a playoff series, and I'm not really looking um, to try to stay close. That's not really my objective here. I mean, we're here to try to win games, and we didn't get it done tonight, and I think I had a considerable amount to do with that. So, no, I'm not very happy right now. When they went with uh, Love at the Five, um, that was the third thing. I think um, we had several good defensive possessions in there. The one that sort of broke our back is we had the good defensive possession, loose ball. You know, we had played him all the way down to 24, and the ball goes out to Love in the corner, and he hits the three. You know, we had the breakdown before that where he hit the three, but then the one after that, we played good defense, don't come up with the loose ball, and they end up hitting the three. And then all three of their main guys, their three big guys, all played really well. You know, they got, they got great play out of all of them. Love Irving and James, so, um, you know, but there's some things that I regret myself. I'm, I'm proud of our guys. I thought they competed hard. I, I just, I think there's some things I got to do to help them a little bit more. You know, I, I saw a lot of what I expected to see out of this team. We don't care who you put in front of us. We don't care about the moment. Um, we just want to play ball and be the best team. We want to get a win each and every night. We came out. We did our our best tonight. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough, but um, they played. <laughs> the other four starters came out and competed. They competed, you know, tremendously. Um, the whole team did, like I said, once again, it's just unfortunate we couldn't get a win, but uh, I love this team. I love that we fear nobody, and um, experience is going to be our best teacher. Yeah, we're going to have some mistakes. They're going to have some as well. Uh, we could have been better with the turnovers, what, two and a half times more than they had, 10 to 4. Wish we could be better in that aspect, but uh, we're going to learn. We're going to learn on the fly, and we're going to continue to compete. We're going to continue to get in your face. We're not going to back down from anybody. Like I said, nobody on this team fears no man, and we we think you know we have a chance. We think we're one of the better teams in the league, and we really think you know we have a chance to try to show that we're the better team in the series. So we know it's a seven-game series. They're up 1-0, but we got to come out swinging on Wednesday. They're going to come out back on their home court. Uh, make a few adjustments, try to make it tough on us, and we're going to do the same. Like I said, it's the playoffs. That's what it's all about. It's going to be a hard grind each and every game, each and every play, each and every possession, of course. Um, yeah, they continue to play hard. We just made some some mistakes, and um, they made us pay for them. But you know, they just changed the lineup. I don't know if intensity necessarily went up, and we couldn't handle it. We felt like they came out ready and fierce, as long as their fans that was cheering them behind. And, um, you know, we took all the punches that they threw at us, and we felt like we threw some back. Like I said, we just didn't come out with a win tonight. That was Reggie Jackson obviously talking about what happened in that game. He's, you know, one of those guys that's very passionate about the team, and, you know, he comes off as very arrogant. And it's funny because you, I talked about earlier in one of my other shows about him and uh, Reggie, not Reggie Jackson, but him and Russell Westbrook having a lot of beef, but yet they have a lot of similarities in terms of their attitude. And it kind of goes back to that whole, like, you can't have two guys that have that same alpha male mentality on the same team. You got Kevin Durant, who's not as big, as as aggressive in terms of the way he comes out to the media or just in general with the team. 
it, it kind of works well with a guy like um with a with a guy like Russell Westbrook. So it just makes the most sense and that's why it worked for them. It didn't work with Reggie Jackson staying in Oklahoma City at the time. But I, I like that series a lot. I think it's it may go a little deeper than people thought it would. I don't see it being a sweep. I just think Stan Van Gundy's such a great coach that uh, he pushes a lot of the right buttons, which is also what you need. And I just think they have a young and hungry team that's talented. And you can see some things happening with them where I can tell they can become, I don't know, I'm talking about the future. They could become a team that can challenge for the division because they're still very young. I mean, Andre Drummond's really young. You, got, you talk about Reggie Jackson being very young. Tobias Harris, they have a lot of great parts, you know. I like Detroit a lot. I like to see where they're growing with this, and I can see them picking up a game here in this series. Uh, what we're going to do is step aside, because coming up, we have Will Reeve from About.com talking about the Indianapolis Colts and their hopes for this upcoming season. You're listening to Sports Social at Easton. We'll be right back. Shake your asses, face screwed up like you having hot flashes. Which one? Pick one. This one classic. Red from blind, yeah, bitch, I'm drastic. Why this? Why that? Lip stop basking. Listen to me, baby, relax and start passing. Expressway, head back, weaving through the traffic. This one strong should be labeled as a hazard. Some of y'all hot psych, I'm gassing. Clowns, I spot them and I can't stop laughing. Easy come, easy go, Evie gonna be lasting. Jealousy, let it go, results could be tragic. Some of y'all ain't writing well, too concerned with fashion None of you ain't Giselle, can't walk and imagine A lot of y'all Hollywood drama, cast it Cut bitch, camera off, real blast it I cr- 
crush anything I land on Me here ain't no mistake, it was planned on Sports Social with Ed Easton once again here on Soundcast FM number 516-900-2278 just uh like I said it was a, it's a nice day today it's actually you know very warm here in the New York City area about 75 degrees or so I want to take this time to remind people keepingitrealsports.com is up and running Gonna see some nice new articles, new posts from a lot of young, brand new journalists that honestly I think a lot of people will enjoy. And I just want to give them like a great outlet and just some of the stuff that they, they that they do to get the proper uh, recognition. So keep it a real sports.com. You're gonna see some great stuff on that, as well as information on some podcasts that are on there as well. Cause we have, like I said, a lot of great brand new journalists that just want to share and let their voices be known and, and just understand what they're trying to do within this industry so keeping it real sports.com now it's we're still talking football because the draft is about a week away or maybe 10 days away i should say different teams making deals we talked about tennessee making that trade with the rams in, in order with that whole number one pick and the surprise that it was because let's be honest, it was a huge surprise. No one expected that. Now, in regards to what's going to happen with the other teams in that division or even the Tennessee Titans themselves, that's going to be our, our next thing that we got to figure out. That's going to be our, our biggest, biggest question. What happens with that division? Because at, at, let's be honest, the Colts ran that division for so many years. Whether it was Peyton Manning or it was Andrew Luck, it was basically the Colts, you know, division. And obviously the Texans came on strong last year and uh and took it. Didn't do much with it, obviously, when they got to the playoffs, but every team has gotten better. But the team that has been a little quiet has been the Colts. Interesting. Very interesting when you uh consider the history that they have and the players that they did bring in. Missing the playoffs last year. A lot of question marks. Stuff has to have you wondering, you know? Oh, also, I do want to give this a very important mention. The Boston Marathon is underway in Boston. And we're still, like, you know, remembering the people that were lost almost three years ago. About three years ago, I should say, in that horrific bombing. And the people that were just changed forever. I mean, a lot of, you know, people lost limbs. It, it, it tried to ruin a great event. And I'm happy that they are at least able to keep it going. And, and just if the people remain blessed, you know, it's, it's a tough, a tough situation there. So 
you never know what's going to happen sometimes. And you always want to make sure you keep people close to you because anything could happen. Like, I'm looking at now some of the clips from the Boston Marathon. And it's... The chair, they have... Actually, champions have just been crowned. We got Lemmy Burhanu Hale winning, as well as Lalisa Desasia. They're the top three for the men. Yamane Adahans Tesege. I'm, I'm probably saying this wrong, so forgive me. This is from Ethiopia. And uh, the top three for the women, we have Astidi Baisa, Tarifi Teskege, Joyce Chepekrui. And the first two are from Ethiopia, and the last one from Kenya. But there's still people running, so let's not forget them. But uh, they were the top three, so congratulations to them. It's not easy to do. That's a, I, I, know, I know people that run marathons, and I'm telling you, that's not an easy, easy thing to do. And you got to give them a lot of credit for, uh, for pulling it off. It's always very interesting to see that. But, you know, I, I think back to what happened with the Boston Marathon all those years ago. Well, three years ago, I should say. And how it really just changed the whole, the whole way you look at sporting events. Because it wasn't even like an attack on America. This was an attack within our country in terms of people that are citizens and... And, you know, you, you hear about the tragedies like with Sandy Hook and now with these things being brought to just regular sporting events and the Boston Marathon is a world-renowned event. It was another, I, it was just another situation where you realize not everybody's safe all the time. There are people out there that have cruel intentions. And that's always a scary thing. But the best you can do is kind of just deal with the problem and, and like I said, keep faith that, you know, there are good times ahead. And that's really what it's about. I think the people in Boston do a good job. They have the baseball game that is always taking place. It's extra early for uh, a lot of people. A lot of people forget that. It comes on extremely early. The uh, baseball game is in the bottom of the knife. This is Toronto and Boston. The Boston Red Sox always play a game on the day of the Boston Marathon. They always have an early start. I believe this was like an 11 o'clock start. Which is very different from what they're used to. But hey. I think it's a fun getaway day. If I lived in Boston, this would be the day, you know, get away from work. And uh, just make things happen. So definitely understand that. Just looking at some of the other standings right now for Major League Baseball. The Dodgers have jumped out to an 8-5 and record in the West in the National League. Followed by Colorado at 7-5. San Francisco 7-6. and Arizona at 5-8. and And San Diego rounds it out 4-9. In the Central, Chicago Cubs lead with a nine win and a three loss record, followed by St. Louis at seven and five, Pittsburgh seven and six. Cincinnati has come back down to earth. They are 500 now at six and six. 
and Milwaukee uh, rounds it out at five and seven. In the NL East, the Washington Nationals on fire at nine and two, followed by Philadelphia at six and seven, the Mets at five and six, Miami at three and seven, and Atlanta at three and nine. And it's funny because uh, you talk about Bryce Harper, the guy just hit his 100 home run. He's hit a couple more after that. The guy's a, a heck of a player. I don't think we can, uh, you know, I don't think there's enough words to describe how great a player that he is. And um, it's really interesting. Just like I said, he's become one of those players that you can consider maybe down the line breaking records and besides the ones that he's already broken as a young as a young outfielder everybody saw about that home run record possible at this point you can never say anything's out of reach in sports i mean these players are stronger they're faster they're every year there's a new a new dynamic being brought out there and then there's the whole question of whether or not he's going to become a yankee I think he does become a Yankee. I, I, you know, they talk about 2018. 2018, you talk about possibly having both him and Matt Harvey for the New York Yankees. And as a Yankee fan, th that would be the icing on the cake. Without question, the icing on the cake. It's one of those situations where you just want to hope for the best. If you're a Yankee fan, I'm still hope, holding out hope that Bryce Harper signs maybe a $300 million deal, possibly. But you put a guy like that in your lineup, especially with the short porch out in right field, left-handed hit power hitter. It's got to be a fun time. I mean, you're talking about a guy that can just, in my opinion, change the game one swing of the bat, can play a good outfield. Yankee fans, we are, this is a lot of excitement here. <laughs> to have him and Matt Harvey on the same team. I know Mets fans don't want to hear that, but I feel like that's the best way to go. By far the best way to go. Once again, we're taking calls, 516-900-2278. Trying to see if this game is going final yet. You're talking about a 4-1 lead for the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. I went through the National League East standings. It's the American League here starting off in the West. The Texas Rangers have a slightly seven, seven wins, six losses, followed by the Oakland Athletics, six and seven. LA Angels 5 and 7, Seattle Mariners 5 and 7, Houston Astros at 5 and 8. In the Central, Chicago White Sox are 8 and 4, Kansas City is 8 and 4, Detroit 7 and 4, Cleveland 5 and 5, Minnesota 3 and 9. Baltimore in the East leads with an 8 and 3 record, followed by those Boston Red Sox at 6 and 5. Toronto's at six and seven. Yankees a game under five hundred at five and six, and then you got Tampa Bay at five and seven. How about this guy Tim Story? I, let, 
let's the Trevor story. I'm sorry, I'm calling Tim story. Trevor story. Let's talk about this guy for a minute. First year in the league, and already he's he's on fire. The guy's batting 294, has seven home runs, 13 RBIs. First year, mind you. The guy's, you know, just I understand we can all criticize and say, well, he's playing in Colorado. The guy was doing a lot of stuff on the road. 23-year-old shortstop, just the guy they traded. They, they, well, they realized they wanted to trade Tulowitzki in order to make room for him. And like I said, he's been nothing but nothing but great, nothing but special for the Colorado Rockies. So it should be very interesting to see what happens in regards to if he's going to be the next big guy that comes up in baseball because, like I said, he has such a, uh, a high ceiling, does. Everything's so unexpected. The uh, Boston Red Sox just tagged on a run. Now it's 4-2 to two in the bottom of the ninth. And they try to uh, make a comeback in that game. But uh, he's one of those interesting stories so far. Uh, Robinson Cano has come back with a vengeance. The guy has five home runs already this year. And uh, you look at, you know, just some of the some of the top players that are in the league and how young they are and, and how they've changed the dynamic of the way you look at it. And also, just for Mets fans, because I know Mets fans, they have their opinions on Daniel Murphy, the guy's leading the National League in batting average. I believe, actually, this is all of baseball in batting average, currently batting 432. Just want to throw that out there for uh, all those great Mets fans out there. They they just like to to jump on him. The guy is hitting. Don't know what's changed, but he is a hitter right now, and one to be reckoned with in regards to the uh, to the National League. So you gotta like what he brings to the table. Just a good job. Now, I'm looking at, because I'm actually seeing updates, another another run scored by Boston. As uh, It looks like the Red Sox are really just trying to make a move here. And uh, David Ortiz is at bat right now. He's uh, pinch hitting. So this should be very interesting. Katie tied his game up. There's so much drama in regards to it. You had Travis Shaw had a double. You had a single from Hanley Ramirez. They're knocking in these runs. Now the first pitch to uh, to Big Poppy is a ball. But, uh, hey, it'll be good for Boston to pick up a win here today in the Boston Marathon. Definitely a good look for them. So once, once again, we're taking your calls, 516-900-2278. And uh, what we're going to do is step aside for a break. You're listening to Sports Social at Easton here on Southcast FM. Are you Ellie? Add a lot in the game. And the game's unchose me. To bring pain to pretty women and fake thugs wanting the same. Ever since you told me. There's only room for two. I've been making less room for you. Now only God can hold me. Hug me, love me, judge me. The only man that hovers above me, holler. I met so many men and it's like they're all the same. My appetite for loving is now my hunger pain. 
Sports Social with Ed Easton. Once again, 516-900-2278. I want to apologize to everybody that was looking forward to Will Reeve calling in. He actually had some issues, so he would not be able to call in tonight, but that's okay. We're going to get him in a future date, hopefully. Now, just going back to what I was talking about with the NBA playoffs and we got tonight's games that will be underway. I'm just curious to see like how people are taking, you know, whether or not they want to watch it on ESPN or TNT. I mean, Let's be honest, both both do their job in terms of coverage and everything, and a lot of people will say TNT, and there's a reason why I bring this up. Allegedly, Kobe Bryant was reached out to in regards to possibly joining inside the NBA on TNT. I think it might happen. 
it may be weird because Kobe doesn't come off as one of those guys that sits down and actually has like a fun little outlook on everything. He seems so serious all the time. So to be with a guy like Kenny Smith, uh, Charles Barkley, and you know, obviously Shaq, it, you're going to be nothing but jokes around here. So would you want him to be the serious guy? Is that is that the whole point? Like, as much as I believe the guys at Turner will make it work, I think that's pretty uh, it's pretty odd. It's a pretty odd situation. Now, if, for example, we look at him maybe joining ESPN, I think he does bring credibility up with ESPN in regards to the coverage. Like, I like Jalen Rose, but, you know, have a guy like Kobe on the uh, on that desk as well. I think it just opens up something different for them. I feel like it, it gives it even more of a, uh, how can I say this, a uh, legitimacy in terms of the NBA coverage than they already have. Because automatically you throw Kobe on that thing, people are going to watch. They're going to watch for him to say something that's reckless. Uh, it's almost going to be like a Roddy Harrison situation with the uh, in, with the NFL on, in, on NBC. You don't know what he's going to say half the time. He'll challenge players, and he's not afraid to do it. The guy was one of the dirtiest players defensively, and he's not ashamed to say it either. So I thought that I thought that would be very interesting to see how they would uh, they would challenge that situation in regards to him and I don't know I think Kobe would be more of an odd fit but like I said with Ernie Johnson he seems to make everybody comfortable and it'll work it's it's Turner they know how to get these guys comfortable and let them be themselves but not too much out there I mean if you can control Charles Barkley from cursing that to me is an art within itself so I, I definitely give him all the praise for that Now, for tonight's games, you have, like, those three matchups. I really gave a little profile with them. I'm going to pick my winners really quick. I do believe Toronto gets a win tonight. They tie the series up. I just can't see them having horrible back-to-back -back shooting games the way they have been having. It just doesn't, that just doesn't seem like them. So, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Toronto brings to the table and how they bounce back. Because... Let's be honest, teams like that are not, they're not just, they just don't get beat down. I feel like they always find a way to bounce back. And uh, Toronto needs to. They have so much on the line. You want to keep DeMar DeRozan. You want to keep Lowry, you know, these guys happy. Especially DeRozan because he's going to be a free agent. So I, I can really see them coming out with a lot of steam and, and making sure they can reverse these problems they've had in the first round in the last two or three years. The uh, other game, I do see Dallas playing hard, but I, I can also pretty much putting as a lock the OKC is going to go up 2-0 in that series they're just a better team there is no uh, there's no matchup for Kevin Durant I mean as there is with many other teams but definitely with, against Dallas I just don't see how they they keep him in check as well as Russell Westbrook because he can destroy Darren Williams and, and Raymond Felton and Devin Harris it's just not enough bodies J.J. Barea is not going to get the job done against a guy like Russell Westbrook let's put it in perspective so it's it's things like that you gotta you gotta think about. Uh, the last matchup now we don't know. I'm still checking to see if Curry's officially out for today because that would make 
that would make things a lot easier if he played for the Golden State Warriors. And uh, just as a quick mention, I didn't mention this earlier, but uh, Kawhi Leonard, once again, Defensive Player of the Year. I'm a little surprised that he went back-to-back -back years. I thought it would be more for uh, Draymond Green this time around, but I guess not. <clears throat> but uh, that still reminds you to that question, like, will he be all first team, you know? I'm still thinking about that. But uh, like I said, tonight's game, they don't know if it's going to be... He's still up in the air, whether or not he's going to play in game two. I think you sit him. But, you know, who knows? I, I really think you got to sit him and just rest the guy. It's not worth it. I, I feel like Sean Livingston starting at point guard tonight is not the worst thing in the world. And I feel like the Warriors have so much depth that you should be able to get the job done. That's that's the bottom line. I'm not worried about it at all. But uh, wouldn't it be interesting if the Rockets came back at one with, and they didn't have Steph Curry, all the questions that would be asked? Like, they would be asking, oh, well, maybe, you know, there was just one player team and the people would be freaking out all over the place. That would be interesting to me. Because I do want to see Klay Thompson really come out and just like put on a show tonight. Because I think that he has that ability, but it's the consistency that's always been a problem with him. If he ever got that down packed and did it straight, I, I just don't see him like... I just don't see him having an issue or falling off. That's just not, in my opinion, that's not in the cards for him. When you look at the Rockets and what they're going to throw at them, obviously you're going to have, you're going to have the, the different guards and all the different forwards and in terms of where you're going to play with James Harden. And I bring up the reason I say this is because Harden is such a he's got to be not even not just a tough guy to guard, but a tough guy to play with. And they made a mention of him not getting the ball to Dwight Howard. Are you surprised by that? They were saying Dwight Howard's calling for the ball and he's not getting it enough now. I feel like we've been hearing about this his whole career. And then when he gets the ball, he doesn't do anything with it. Uh, it's gotten to that point. I really hope they figure it out in regards to how they want to how they want to handle that whole situation. Where does Dwight Howard go next year? Because I can't imagine him coming back to Houston. I just can't imagine it. And I always felt like this playoff run would be the clearest indication of how it's going to go down. That's the best way I can look at it. I I just can't see them beating him. Well, not even beating the Warriors, but just keeping him, I should say. But once again, stranger things have happened. Dwight Howard's the most unpredictable player, I think, in, in, besides LeBron in NBA history in terms of what he wants to do. He never knows what he really what he wants to do. And that's always been a uh, pretty much a detriment to his career. His whole situation that he had with um, 
with Kobe Bryant and you know it's 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 just interesting just really it's really going to be a situation for people to have to figure out how just how are they going to handle how are they going to handle it? I, I don't know. I mean, I think that his career has a lot left in it. I know people that are huge fans of him, but I just don't see it. I just don't see how he bounces back. But hey, who knows? Who really knows? I well, thank everybody for uh, tuning in today. Once again, we'll be back. Same time, same channel. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton. And check out KeepItAReelSports.com. It is up and running. Till next time, this has been Sports Social. I am out of here. Uh, check it. Yo, I be buying bees, so all my girls be eyeing C's. Coming backstage, dying to get pleased. You got me, I rock the Versace and linen. While you spotting, grinning with a bunch of foxy women. While you speedball with cars, that's the valley. I get clothes custom made from a stylist. Cruise in my Lexus land with no malice. While you walk the street until your feet get callous. Take you on the natural high, like a pallet. It be all good, toss your clothes like a salad. When it's all over, put your vote in my ballot. This my diner, I'm Mel and you're Alice. Spend the night and look to see's palace. It be all good as long as you don't act childish. While you standing there with the crisp in your cup. And worse come the worst, keep this on the hush. Uh. I know you see me on the video. I know you heard me on the radio. But you still don't pay me no attention Listening to what your girlfriend's mention He's a, he's a, he's a freak Got a different girl every day of the week it's cool, not trying to put a rush on you I had to let you know that I got a crush on you Hey yo, shorty, won't you go get a bag of the lethal I'll be undressed in the bra all see-through Why you count your juice thinking I'ma cheat you The only one thing I wanna do is freak you Keep your stone sets, I got my own baguettes And I'll be doing things that you won't regret Little Kim, the queen bee, so you best take heed Shall I proceed? Yes, indeed I'ma throw shade if I can't get paid Blow you up to your girl like the army grenade You can slide on my ice like the escapade And itchy itchy yaya with the marmalade Who me? Not you Oh yes, who's he? I even did your man style But I love your profile Whisper in your ear and get you all shook up But don't blush Just keep this on the hush I know you see me on the video True. I know you heard me on the radio True. But you still don't pay me no attention Listening to what your girlfriend's mentioned He's a, he's a, he's a freak Got a different girl every day of the week it's cool, not trying to put a rush on you I had to let you know that I got a crush on you Why you trying to catch sea breeze? I'm in the PVs, all chrome D3s Decked out TVs, CDs with crazy bass Keep my lady lace, don't be fooled by the baby face I hope you're not, 
Cause your thighs got me hot Only one plan, that's to rise to the top I told you before when I first pursued I wanna interlude in the nude You know I love the way you fill up Slip my tequila From the dealer, full in chinchilla Heat up the clutch, 750 deluxe Then we speed down the hutch Breaking trees in the dust I'm not the one you sleep with To eat quick Want a cheap chick? Better go down a freak, Nick You got to hit me all Buy this girl gifts, of course So I look sick in my six With my Christian LaCroix I know you see me on the video True I know you heard me on the radio True But you still don't pay me no attention Listening to what your girlfriend's mentioned He's a, he's a, he's a freak Got a different girl every day of the week It's cool, not trying to put a rush on you I had to let you know that I got a crush on you I know you see me on the video True. I know you heard me on the radio True. But you still don't pay me no attention Listening to what your girlfriend's mentioned He's a, he's a, he's a freak Got a different girl every day of the week It's cool, not trying to put a rush on you I had to let you know that I got a crush on you I know you see me.